now all of a sudden an ordinary home becomes a, a meeting place for God. Hey all welcome to the Braveheart Podcast and welcome to the table. This episode is the very first episode in our table series, which is super exciting. And our heart behind this series is to focus on the table of the Lord. The table of the Lord is not just a message that we proclaim, but it's also a place that we live out our lives with fellow believers. And our heart behind this series is to really give practicals on what it means to live out the gospel in the context of community, but also what it looks like and how we can proclaim the gospel in the Lord's table. So this first episode of our series is really just Peter and Christy sharing their heart behind some of how Braveheart started and just what they're feeling right now about the table of the Lord and what they sense that the Lord is doing in the earth. So I hope that you enjoy. Guys, welcome to the Braveheart podcast, new series, Table Talks. Um, We have a very, very special hostess. Very special. With us. (laughs) This is Karis Freegi. Say hi, everybody. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Um, Karis and her husband, Chad, hail from Indianapolis, Indiana, with their five children. Mm -hmm. Um, And I affectionately say they've done a cannonball into our lives. Um, And we've been so thankful for you and your friendship. And Karis is um, super anointed, super talented. Um, She leads worship. She does content curation, management. Um, She's an incredible wife, mother, friend, all the things. Thanks, Peter. Um, And so we decided to just basically give her free reign to interview us. Um, And so that's what this one's going to be. So we've had some wonderful time together as families, wonderful conversations. And part of the, the heart and desire behind these table talks is really to give you a glimpse uh, into our family. That was our heart. Yeah. And and that's what we talked about is so many people, I think, associate Braveheart with obviously the gospel message and maybe some of my books, but that message is there's a life lived out yeah. and there's a marriage and family and friends and a local church community and, and mission. And so we want to give people a peek and a glimpse into that because I think the message itself, and I shared this in maybe a previous episode, what I love about the gospel, I said this, and I think you might have heard me say this, it's so clean, it's so tidy, (laughs) it's so strong, and like, you can't mess with it, and I love that about the gospel, Mm -hmm. but life is not that way. Yes, Life is very messy, and it's very raw, and so I think that's the desires. People get a glimpse into that, and we've given you free reign to ask us whatever. Which I'm so excited about. (laughs) No, but I think as I listened, you know, I've been listening to the Braveheart podcast as I should. And as I listened, I just am like, wow, there's like this relational component to Braveheart that I feel like I've been grafted into. And so that I think is what we're so excited to share is y'all like, Mm -hmm. and what you've, what you've cultivated. And I think when you were talking, what I hear in that is there's a culture to Braveheart and there's a culture that's reproducible with other Mm -hmm. people as well, but it's so specific to y'all. And so that, it just makes me excited to Mm -hmm. sit down with my friends. And I feel like I'm like sharing the gems of the world to the world. So I'm privileged to be here. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 
But I wanted to give today kind of this like, let's hear about the before. Um, I think we could go through podcasts and try to find where you've talked about some of these stories before, but it'd just be really simple today as we start a new season to say, how did this all start? Like, what was the beginning? And I think, you know, when we moved here, you're hearing everyone's before and it gives so much context Mm -hmm. for the now. Mm -hmm. And I was reading you this quote, but Eugene Peterson says that without the before, the now would have little meaning. And so I want to bring people into like, how did you get to where you are right now? And as I've had conversations with you, I love your stories. Mm. You know, the stories, it's like the scaffolding for what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. Scaffolding is your word. I feel like I got it from you, Peter. I like that. Uh He's got a great vocabulary. He does. Surprising vocabulary. Surprising. Well, I mean, (laughs) just full of... I'm like, wow, how did he know that word? Yeah, He's just a dumb jock. How (laughs) does he know those things? No, just unique words. Um, But I want to start... Okay, so we have Braveheart, and you talk about this time in the kitchen and something fell on your feet. Take us into that story to how, I think that was kind of like, to me, the, the, the beginning of this. Yeah, so I had a, I got to live my dream and play professional soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, that was so fun and amazing. And when God closed the, the door to that season, um, Christy and I, we were newly married and we just felt a tremendous peace. Um, at the time we were at Antioch in Dallas, mm-hmm. which- I got roost there. Yep. Um, and but we met Michael and Larissa um, through a mutual friend, and God just sovereignly connected our hearts. Like it was one of those couples where we were like, "Man, this couple seems cool," and and we seem kindred with them. Right. And we went to dinner with them. Um, they were having people pray in their house, and what we didn't know was that a prayer meeting started on on Passover of 2010 uh, that we started attending, and it was the upper room. It was a, a prayer meeting. And so Christy and I moved uh, into Oaklawn, where, where the upper room was initially, uh, just to be closer. We felt God calling us to really um, serve Michael and Larissa and what yeah. God had put in their hearts. Um, and, and so we were excitedly moving uh, into Oaklawn, and I was in my kitchen and was just unpacking this bag. And I don't know that I've shared this part, but I'll, I'll share it. I had gone actually to an Antioch men's retreat that weekend, and oh. and Joe Ewan, uh, he taught. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> he taught on how David was anointed three times as king, uh-huh. and he was anointed as a young man, as a warrior, and something else. And he talked about how, like God will anoint us for purposes. And so I prayed. I didn't even pray. I just said, God, have I ever been anointed? Mm. I asked him that. That was a Saturday. That Sunday, I'm unpacking uh, a bag in my kitchen, and this oil dumps all over my bare feet. And I, my initial thought, because I'm kind of a neat freak, was like, oh, this is a big mess. Mm-hmm. And, um, excuse me, I wasn't like praying. I wasn't in tongues. I wasn't worshiping. I literally was unpacking. The oil hits my feet, and God's presence fills my kitchen. He says, Peter, I'm anointing your feet to run with the gospel. And I just stared at my feet, and I was like, Wow. <laughs> you what guys, does that mean? You guys know me now. I'm like, yeah, I was like... Uh, do you know, I you, even know the gospel? Yeah, I'm like, that doesn't make sense, Lord. What does that mean? Run with the gospel. Like, I didn't... I know what it means now because I've said it a lot or I know what yeah. it means more now, but I really didn't know what that meant. And I just said, God, if you teach me the gospel like you taught Paul, I said, I'll run with it because... And I and I immediately remembered Galatians 1 where he says he, was, he wasn't taught it by any man. Yes. He didn't receive it from man. That, and that, that scripture came to light to me that day. I realized, wow, 
I don't want to run with something and teach something that's just from man. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't receive divine revelation from man. Right. But I didn't, I knew that what I had wasn't maybe what God wanted to give me. And there was an invitation in that commissioning for me. Um, and that just led me um, on a journey. Um, really, I was helping uh plant the upper room. I was doing a little bit of everything at the upper room. Michael was amazing. He was one of the first ever to believe in me as a preacher, a teacher, not mm-hmm. one of, he was a, probably the first to believe in me. Um, so thankful for his life. I wouldn't be where I am today without him. Yeah. Um, and he just would occasionally give me a microphone and be like, let me just say something, yeah. preach, do Good something, luck. you know? Yeah. And I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Uh, But I had a burning heart, and I remember just getting in the prayer room and just alone with God for about six years, asking Him that question, what is the gospel? How come the early church was willing to die for it? How come it was the only message they had? Yes. Like, where's the power? If the gospel is the power of God. Mm -hmm. And I was ultimately, back in the day, and still am, a a power junkie. Mm -hmm. Um, And I unashamedly say that, because people, there's this weird, I'm going on a tangent here, but there's this weird thing of like, well, it's his power and his love. And I'm like, he exercises his power because he loves. Right. And you can't divorce the two, right. you know? And so like, I'm still like, I still think today we need the power of God. Right. And that that tucked away in this mystery of the gospel is the purest, most raw, authentic power that God desires to exercise on behalf of saving his people. Yeah. Um, and Which so that, you have a really personal testimony to that in you know, in delivering you from... Yeah, he delivered me from pornography, sexual sin, fear of man, self-hatred. In like a power encounter. Yes. Like you were not okay. Yes, in a moment. It was a process (laughs) that led to a moment. And I think that's so important, that Mm -hmm. process should lead to moments, Mm. to suddenlies. Mm -hmm. I like that. So I like that. And then, Christy, you said Passover was when... Y'all started upper room, kind of that prayer meeting. Wasn't Passover when the Lord commissioned you into, wasn't it that Sunday? Pentecost. Pentecost. Okay, Pentecost was how you got commissioned into running with the gospel alongside Peter. So he has this encounter. Meanwhile, you're having babies. Meanwhile, I'm having baby after baby after baby. Cute baby after cute baby. Listen, I love having babies and that's a podcast for another time. Another time. But... um. Yeah, I think, you know, years and years ago, I really, I had a missionary heart. I was mm-hmm. like, I want to go and and take Africa for Jesus. And mm-hmm. really, for me, it looked very relational, looked very organic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always carried that heart. Um, you know, Peter and I, in the beginning of the upper room, were, you know, we lived there, or we lived not in the upper not room, in the, but in the neighborhood. So we were very, um, very much a part of that. And then Peter did a lot of teaching. That's where he like learned the gospel, tucked away in the prayer room. Yes. Um, but then the Lord really commissioned Peter to start Braveheart specifically in 2015, really highlighting this word. I want you to now run with the gospel. Don't, you know, getting him out of just like doing a lot of the church stuff to like, what does it actually look like to run with the gospel, which mm-hmm. is when Braveheart was started. And that was when we moved from uh, Oakland, where the upper room was, to Lake Highlands, which is where we are now. Yeah. And, you know, because we needed a bigger house mm-hmm. and this is a great neighborhood to raise a family in. And, you know, I was just kind of like, I was just in mom zone. right? And the Lord was really in that space teaching me the gospel in a really natural way, mostly because I needed it. Yes. 
mostly because I, I felt the enemy yelling at me in my ear that I was not enough. And, uh, and, and I think that motherhood, you know, it says in Psalm 18, it says that he attacked me in a moment of my distress. Mm. And, and it's like, I think that the enemy takes advantage. I think a lot of women yeah. when they're in, um, postpartum, things like that. And, and he attacks. And, um, and so it was like, I was hearing, um, the enemy in one ear yelling at me, all you're doing is being a mom, all you're. Mm-hmm you know, you're throwing everything away, you're all these things. I'm hearing that in one ear. In the other ear, I'm hearing the steady, tender love of Jesus as demonstrated on the cross. Mm-hmm. And it became personal. And every time that I would hear the yelling, I would hear, I would just start singing, oh, the blood of Jesus, mm-hmm. oh, the blood of Jesus. So it actually became very personal to me. The blood became very personal before it became a message I preached. Mm-hmm. And I really learned that in motherhood. Yeah. Um, and so I actually uh, was actually what was quite content and had grown to be quite content in meeting God in my home and sitting in my chair and letting him speak to me in my home. And I didn't really have any um, plan to be in, in ministry or anything like that because I kind of laid down that missionary calling, all of that. I just laid down knowing that at some point the Lord will resurrect this. And if he wants me to be in a ministry, he'll do it. Well, in 2021, the Lord really clearly, um, called me to fast, which was, you know, pretty rare at that point. Two I, words, Lou Ingle. Yes, that's yeah. so true. It's so true. And I had a, a whole dream and it was a thing. And I knew that I knew that I knew that I was supposed to fast. And I was really like, Lord, I'm going to really press in for, um, for what you have for me this next season. We'd have five kids. I mean, and that is the caveat, like fasting when you have five kids and you're nursing. Well, exactly. Like, it, you it's impossible. You can't really right? do so, it. So, so yeah. So, so this grace was, to that I, I had literally just weaned Eleanor. Yeah. And it was like, it was time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, Lord, I've been birthing kids for five years or for seven years. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been a really beautiful season. What do you have next for me? And, uh, and so went through this fast. And if I'm honest, the fast was brutal. Yeah, we um, got COVID. We got COVID during the fast. Oh and I think gosh. it's, but I, I have think seen it's, the picture evidence of what COVID that's did. That's right. So, <laughs> so. Cue I, the photo. I have a rare, a rare reaction. reaction. Mm-hmm. And my face swelled like a balloon. If you've ever seen Hitch when Will Smith eats the shellfish. <laughs> that was Christy. That's what happened to me during COVID. Still beautiful. Still so cute. It, no, that's not true. <laughs> it was. It actually looked funny. It was awful. Okay. Anyways, but that's how COVID affected me. In the midst me. of the fast. In the midst fasting, of the fast. Yeah. And I'm thinking. You're breaking. And out, I'm. And, and here's the thing that you'll find out about me really quickly is I'm really honest with God. Yes. Because I don't get anywhere unless I'm honest with Him. And so when I'm honest Facts. with Him, He shows up. So, so I'm kind of lamenting to God in my journal. Like I'm like, God, this fast is brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel far away. I got COVID. We were isolated with five kids in the house. Like it was a whole thing. And, um, and I was kind of like, if you don't do something on the wake of this fast, I'll be mad, you know? So I was just kind of like, so just letting you know, God, like I obeyed you with this thing. So I'm expecting something on the other side of it, you know? And, but anyhow, so, um, the Pentecost is the day of the break of the fast. Yeah. And, uh, I, I went to church that morning and, um, things didn't quite go as I had anticipated them going Mm -hmm. um and there were some hard things about that and anyhow 
You just had some strange encounters some strange at church. Strange encounters. That were unusual and I was kind of going in expecting one thing to happen and a different thing happened. And I was tempted to think anyways, it just was hard. Um, I'm I'm processing that with God after church. And I'm sitting out on my rocking chair on my front porch and I'm crying to the Lord. And the Lord it, and I'm being very honest with him about the condition of my heart. And out of nowhere, mm-hmm. my neighbor walks over and he hands me a loaf of bread. My neighbor's name is John. Okay. He hands me a loaf of bread and he said, I was just at the store and I just wanted to get you this bread. It's French bread and it's only good for today. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> I don't know much, but I know this is a sign. <laughs> You know, yes. and immediately I knew that the Lord saw me. I had mm. felt unseen earlier in the day. Mm. And this was like God's like zeroing in on me and he's handing me a loaf of bread. Now I had been fasting from this kind of food. So it was like the Lord was giving me the bread to break my fast with. Wow. From my neighbor. And so I don't know much, but I know that we're going to break, like Peter's going to come home from his trip and we're going to break fast that evening with this bread. And we're going to take communion to break the fast. Now, um, we're sitting in my living room. I'm relaying to Peter the events of the day that had gone differently than I thought. I'm crying about my, my heart is hurting. And Peter just says, let's just break this fast and um, let's take communion. I'm like, okay. Peter happens right here in our living room, breaks the bread. And literally with the cueing of the breaking of the bread, on cue, deep from my belly come like guttural cries. Mm. And I begin weeping and, um, and the Lord in a moment said, Christy, I've seen you. I've always seen you. I saw how hard that fast was. And I want you to know that I'm, I'm really proud of you for obeying me through that. And I want you to know that right now I'm commissioning you and I'm commissioning you to disciple people at the table. I'm commissioning you to feed people. I'm commissioning you to relationship to creating family, and I'm commissioning you under Peter's covering. And in a moment, I went from not having any grid for what I was going to be doing for the next however long of my life to, oh, wow, I'm meant to feed people under Peter's covering. Mm -hmm. I'm meant to create relationship and connection, and it's meant to be super tangible at the table, which Mm -hmm. is what I've always felt called to. Mm -hmm. And it was like the Lord was taking this dream from a long way back and saying, it's now, it's here, and it's under Peter's covering. And um, mm. and, it. and it was beautiful. So that it was is. kind of how I got connected with it. Peter had been yes. doing this ministry for seven years, and here I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I don't know, but here we are. And <sighs> it felt really holy. It felt really holy. Yes, and you do, you feed people really well. And I think, but I do think it's important how he commissioned me. So like when we talk about communion, he literally commissioned me over the breaking of bread. Like yeah. a literal spiritual thing happened. Mm, right. And so I when I really when I share that testimony, I'm like, I'm releasing it to like, I was literally commissioned and had an encounter with God over bread breaking. Mm-hmm. And it's real and it's possible. Mm. Yes. And I love that it's the two of you coming together. The Lord's putting you under Peter's covering. Yes. And there is like when you come into y'all's home, like it is such this mutual shared space of like Peter and Christy have created something and they're inviting people into it. And it's like God's dream for marriage that we would, like you were talking about in the land, like we'd have a space and we'd inhabit it and kind of create 
like a place to host people mm. that yes. you do so well. And so beautifully. And I love that it was your neighbor that brought the bread. Very prophetic. Because your heart is your neighborhood. Yes. And Peter's too. Yes. And I think I would love for you to go into like the house fire things that you talked about. Um, you've told me this story, how God, when you were in college, you got this heart just for neighborhoods, houses on fire, which is kind of the table, the brave heart picture of like forming these groups together to bring fire into the home where it becomes an altar, it becomes yes. a meeting place. Will you tell us a little bit about that too? Yeah, I think the Lord, you know, when I was in college spoke a lot to me about simple communal living, being real with one another, the God putting fire on people's hearts and it just being um, very relational mm-hmm. and not needing to have a lot of structure to it and just being organic and real. Um he began to do that for me in college, just give me this dream. And it's so interesting, even, you know, we had Aaron on another segment, literally saying that the Lord had given him the exact same dream. Wow. And and that the Lord here, you know, 15 years later is bringing Aaron, who had the exact same dream, you know, maybe a year ago. And I had this dream 15, 20 years ago, and he's, he's bringing it together and, um, yeah. So, I mean, I think it was a, a long time ago dream that it feels like he's resurrecting. And I think that, uh, I think that we are doing that in light of, in light of the table and in light of, um, believing that when we meet together, he comes mm-hmm. and, um, and he loves when we, uh, fellowship together. Um, there's a whole lot of prophetic stuff t- to all of it, but I don't know that we want to, mm-hmm. I don't know if we want to get into all mm-hmm. of it, but, That's um, good. Yeah, I mean, when I think about it, and we've talked about it, you know, what's happening at Asbury right now is so cool because God's there, there's hunger, it's just so, it's so beautiful and so God, and when I think when we think about it at its core, it's like, imagine that happening in homes, in communities, in the inner city, and and, and it's spreading. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that's the nature is that it can spread, it can Mm -hmm. spread to Mm -hmm. families, and that lost people can come, and sick can come and be healed, and now all of a sudden an ordinary home becomes a, a meeting place for God, Right. you know, and, um, and it's not to me, it's, it's in the home and in local churches, mega churches. And I love them all. It's like, let God be in all of them. Right. That's my thing is like, let him fill the mega churches knowing that there's 8 billion people on the planet. Mm -hmm. If he filled all the mega churches, we would still need to fill all the homes as well. And so to me, it's about, it's about the inclusion of those who may never come, Mm -hmm. you know, or or may never fit in a, in a church community. And just seeing that, that, that it can spread that way would be, I think it's a dream in our hearts. And I think it's just, it's more the relational connection. It's like, you know, I think a a life scripture for me is in Psalm 145, it says one generation will commend his works to the next. And so what my desire is that the, the, relationship that I have with the Lord, that Peter has with the Lord, it, it's a testimony to our children. It's a testimony to the people that we're connected with. And, uh, you know, a really beautiful example of this is, you know, our, our daughter Faith, um, she had a radical encounter with the Lord and our faith became hers and we're seeing her just naturally, fall in love with Jesus. And she is so naturally, um, she's 
inviting our neighbor like I'm you know doing laundry walking back and forth in the hallway and I'm listening to her share the gospel with our neighbors in her bedroom (laughs) and she's opening the bible yeah and she's sharing Jesus with them because it's real to her Mm -hmm. and it's it's there's no it's not like we're not telling her to do that. It's coming out of her. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it's just, it's it's relational. Yes. You know, it's, uh, you know, when we have, when we have our Shabbat dinners, our family dinners, one, one thing that I really am committed to is we share our God stories. And so they understand, oh, he's real. Oh, that was when the God of heaven actually like, came in and like anointed Peter's feet. The God Mm -hmm. of heaven came and like literally like spoke to my mom when bread was breaking, like he's real. And when that touches their heart, they want to know a real God. And then they're sharing that real God with their neighbors. Mm -hmm. And so it's just really, um, it's just overflow. Yes. You know? But I think the key is like, he's got to be real to you and then you spill that onto other people. Right. And I think what I love is you, you know, like Asbury, it's these big moments, these big things, but like almost the reverse of what you said in the beginning, the process and the moments, the moments are unto the process again until he, you know, and I think what I love watching the two of you is that the gospel is integrated into the ordinary and then the really flashy moments, but it's the same gospel. It's the same Mm -hmm. way, you know, you're doing family the same way you would do a Sunday morning almost, you know, like there's a, it's integrated into everything it's like the leaven that a woman yeah. took and hid, you know, and and there's a way to cultivate it into everyday life so that the the flashy and the normal, you know, it's mm-hmm. the same. Yes. It's the same. Yeah, I think that is so it's the word being made flesh mm-hmm. in us. It's what we know. I think I have such a fear of the Lord when it comes to revelation and you'll hear me allude to this, but I'm like it doesn't matter. If, it, if it's not lived out yeah. in my day-to-day life, if I can't cook a meal with this revelation or, or mm-hmm. clean up my house or take out the trash, like, then is it really real, mm-hmm. right? It's like, otherwise you have to have a, a faith that separates those things and says, mm-hmm. okay, this is the anointed spiritual side, this is the ordinary side, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem right to me. It's not right. Yeah. It's not sustainable, which I like. I think he redeems the ordinary. And you're like, oh, he's in every moment. Um, I, I could... heard someone say he ordains the ordinary. Yes. Jesus like yes. ordained the ordinary the first 30 years of his life. Yes. You know, so that, that I mean, and I love the expectation yes. of these moments of encounter, yes. the oil, the the moment he broke the bread. But there was a lot that led up yes. to that. And there's a lot that's happened on the other side of that. Yeah. That's not it's not these big encounters. It's the everyday encountering him expectation. And it is an encounter, you know, it is, but it's simple. It's like, and I think that's the beauty of the cross is like, Oh, his blood brings me near. So I'm just near all the time. Yes. So like we can just talk and like, and yeah, I have a, a powerful encounter with the Lord with bread breaking, but like I actually also talk to him every day about mm-hmm. my kids, about, I mean, some of the most profound, you know, times I think that we have are like literally at this island. And I think it's because um, I spend so much time here praying. Like yeah. I literally feel like there's a portal here. Yeah. So that when we gather, like when my women come over and we gather on this table, like he is so present there. Yes. And I think it's just because like, well, this is where I do laundry. So I talk to him here mm-hmm. and this is where, you know, and it's like, 
oh, wow, like there could be a portal to heaven in your home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. And mm-hmm. I and I, I, I want to encourage, I think, specifically moms with that yeah. is that like mm-hmm. he he actually and it's and it's literally I think the blood is really just a revelation that he wants to be with us. Yeah. He just wants to be with us. Mm-hmm. And so if I can have that reality, oh, he wants to be with me every second of the day, then my heart is like, my heart and my ear is attuned to that. Yeah. That um, something that Karis mentioned was the the neighborhood. And I think that the Lord has been speaking a lot, even with uh, the ending of the 318 was we commissioned people back to their houses. And... Um, and the phrase the Lord kept on giving me was, um, win your neighborhood, win the world. And I think that it's just, in, in, and then with that, start at the table, start with your family. And I think that it's so simple. Right. And I think the Lord keeps on showing me this beautiful connection between uh, your neighborhood and the nations. And um, that when we're faithful to uh, meet with him and then meet with him around the table, with our family and then the community that he's given with us and then branching out to our neighborhood, he's going to give us the nations. And we've experienced that even with um, being able to go to South Africa again this summer. Um, But it's just like, uh, there's a connection to that. And so I just wanted to release that to people that are feeling that like, well, I feel called to my neighborhood and I feel called to the nations. How does that go together? And it's like, it totally goes together. And um, I think it's the table that brings that all together. So, yeah. I'd love to have y'all just bless people in closing, like just praying for them, for the normal life, for the extraordinary moments that lead to the ordinary life being near the Lord um, and to kind of, to activate people in that expectation that if I go through the process, I'm going to encounter him, which leads me to more process, which leads me to more encounters so that all of life is filled with that sense of expectation. Yeah. Why don't you pray for the process? Mm, and I'll pray for the power encounter because I have I I have faith for it yeah absolutely (laughs) you don't have faith for the process I do no I do but I I am I'm like yeah it's I think that's the nature of how we go together it's like you know anyway yeah yeah Mm, wow I feel the Holy Spirit that's good Jesus, I thank you for how much you love being Mm. with us, Lord. I thank you that you love being with us in hard moments and easy moments and beautiful moments and messy moments. God, I thank you that you so love uh, to be with us, Lord. And I just release that over everyone watching, God, the reality of your nearness, the reality that you rent heaven to come down, Mm. um, mostly because you just wanted to be with us. You wanted to be inside of us, God, that that was your motive. Your motive was love, God. And so I just release that over those that are struggling uh, with with the ordinariness of their lives, God. I ask that you would show them your presence in that, Lord, that you would show them that every moment is worship because every moment's a response to your love. And so, Jesus, I just thank you, God, and whatever you've shown me in secret, Lord, and in in the simplicity of life, I impart by faith to those that are hearing and watching in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord, and I just bring those before you listening, watching, who need breakthrough. God, who need an end suddenly, who need to be delivered from that addiction. Yes, Lord. 
who need to be healed from that disease, who yes, need Lord. their hearts to be mm-hmm. woken up from that deep slumber. And Lord, I ask, Lord, right now, that the very lightnings of heaven, yeah. God, the very the very zeal of your love and your passion for them would would come to them right now, yes, wherever Lord. they are, in their car, in their bedroom, yes, in their yard. Spirit of the living God, would you fall fresh on them, Lord? Mm. Would you come with your power like you did with me in 2006, Lord? You encountered me with your great power. I'm asking, Lord, right now, Lord, let your kingdom come. Yes, Lord. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in their lives, in their minds, in their bodies. I thank you, God, that cancer is healed mm. in your name, Lord. Yeah. I thank you that, that cancerous cells, they die at the mention of your name, Lord, yes, that autoimmune Lord. disease dies at the mention of your name, yes, that, that food allergies yeah. die at the mention of your name, Jesus, yes, Yeshua. Yes, Jesus. I thank you, God, that pornography, yes, addiction, God. every spirit of lust, every unclean spirit and tormenting spirit of guilt, shame, and condemnation, I speak to you yes. in the authority of, of Jesus, and I command you to leave right now. Yes, Lord. And just say, be gone right yeah. now. In Jesus' name, Lord, and I just commit these ones to you that are listening, that are seeking you, God, through this podcast. I pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, with your love, that you would connect them more deeply to your body, wherever they are. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, Like I said, this is the very first episode of our new table series. So if you haven't already, I would encourage you to subscribe to the Braveheart podcast so you can stay up to date with all the episodes that come out. We post every single week and it's going to be an amazing series. So we'll see you next week.